Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Investors, as we all know, financing deals can be very challenging. If you are looking for funding for your next real estate transaction, we want to introduce you to Fund That Flip. Fund That Flip is a lender that gets you fast, affordable capital on your one to four unit projects, including single family rental and new construction. Ladies, we have known the founder, Matt, and his company for many years, and they are the real deal. So Andressa, where can they learn more? Ladies, if you're looking for great terms and reliable service, check out fundaflip.com backslash investor. Tracy Kaywood is the founder and main content creator of Property Mob, which is a membership site chock full of resources and networking for real estate wholesalers all in one place. Since 1998, she has wholesaled over 900 deals and has automated 95% of her business. On today's episode, we discuss so much with Tracy, including why money management is the key to your success, the biggest mistakes and misconceptions with wholesaling, how to generate the most quality leads in today's market, and how to truly automate your business with virtual assistants. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. So glad to have you back here with us for another fun-filled week of uh, us either interviewing amazing women in this business or we do our mini-sodes where we give you a little 10-minute splash of something coming up for us in our business and a quick lesson. So yeah, uh, yeah right? We're, 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 uh, we're due for some of those soon. <laughs> I love those. They're very quick, on point, I as I like. As, well, as what's like. cooking though? What's cooking? What's cooking? Well, you know, I had something that I wanted to share before we, uh, we, we jump into our interview today. And, and before we do that, let me just welcome Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for being here with us. Hey, awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited to, to jump into your, your awesome story. Uh, but before we go there, yeah, I just wanted to share a bit, uh, Andressa, with you. Something, something that I, I learned, I don't know what, you know, you go to so many workshops, you go to so many of these events, and you kind of forget where, where you pick up these yeah. lessons, right? So, so something I, I often think about is playing, are you playing offense or defense with mm. the schedule? And what I mean by that is, you know, and I like sports, so um, not that I'm a big basketball fan, but I, I do like sport analogies. And, you know, think about your schedule and we often play defense. In other words, we're, we're reacting, right? And if you play offense, you're being proactive. Uh, so I'll just give you a quick example. My, my husband travels a bit, uh, but really this month he's, he's probably gone three quarters of the month. Like it's just mm -hmm. a lot of traveling for him. All good stuff. Uh, some business, a lot of business, some, some just fun stuff for him, which uh, <laughs> leaves me home with Mark, two little ones. There but, you, go. Um, you know, you know, what was interesting is I looked at the schedule or the calendar earlier in the month, like about a week ago. And I said, you're going to be gone a ton. We really need to get a date night on the calendar. Like we'll talk about business while you're gone, but you know, we can't just talk about business, right? We won't mm -hmm. stay married if that's yes. the case. So we have a date. I, I, like about a week ago, I said, we got to get a date night. You're going to be home this weekend. We'll do something fun. And, uh, you know, I'm looking into restaurants and we, you know, so it's something fun to look forward to as a couple. And I just, I think that's like, you know, you're thinking you're, you're, you're playing offense. In other words, you're being proactive. Mm -hmm. because if we don't do that. What's, what's the latter? Uh, we're going to get, we're going to be very, you know, you're going to get short with each other. You're not spending as much time face to face with yeah. each other. Um, so I, I just share this to, to all of you listening, you know, 
all of us have opportunities to play offense and in our scheduling. So things that you know could be, wow, I need to schedule a spa day or a, you know, a day for myself because I know I'm working a ton on this project. Just We tend to know these things, but we don't often schedule the things that we need. So I just wanted to mention that. I totally that- agree. Yeah, playing. If I don't put on my schedule, I'm not. I'm not going. I, I, I figure out oh, that's me, so I can change it around. But this year, 2019, I am not rescheduling the time with myself. It's on the calendar, and I am showing up. Good. So that's a commitment. So I'm very proud of you guys. Yeah. Well, have some you. adult beverage. Yes, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> take a little Uber somewhere, you know, but, um, but yeah, so <laughs> well, without further ado, Tracy, thanks again for being on uh, our show uh, where we're really dedicated to serving women in this business, uh, taking their, you know, financial freedom to another level and really becoming financially stable and then free and, and also living this idea of this balanced life. So that's what we're up to with this podcast and our community. So having you on is just a real, real pleasure. And we're excited to, you know, get into your story. And, you know, the first question we'd like to ask, ask our guests is what compelled you? Cause you've been in this a long time. What compelled you to get into, uh, you know, I know wholesaling is a big focus for you, but what, what compelled you to get into real estate investing? <laughs> um, I'll never forget this ever. As long as I live, like how I, uh, you know, think back 20 years ago, I'm always like, this is so crazy how I ended up here. Just, you know, remembering the details. And by the way, this podcast is awesome. I didn't know this existed, like just for women. And that's such a cool thing because um, I keep, I keep numbers and analytics on everything and, and having the website I have that attracts people, you know, teaching them how to do real estate. I know the analytics I know that 80% of everybody that visits is men. Mm. So women in the business is just awesome. I love that you have this podcast strictly for women. That's very cool. Um, (laughs) So going back to, um, you know, how we got into it. And I say we, because it's, I'm actually in business with my husband. We've been in business together uh, since the beginning. And when we first started, Uh, It really wasn't a quest for real estate at all. It was just, uh, we wanted both to, number one, spend more time together. And I mean, we were that crazy in love, you know, 20 years ago, we wanted to just spend every living moment together. And (laughs) we were trying to find a way to do that and wanted to work at home. And we started researching, you know, this was in 1998 and the internet wasn't as prevalent as it was right now. Right. Um, by any means. So we couldn't get online and start looking for, you know, money making ideas. We had to find them uh, alternative ways. So we were looking in, believe it or not, the newspaper and started (laughs) like, (laughs) and we tried so many different things that were all just not legitimate. You know, um, we even built earrings like for 50 Mm. cent a pair. Like you come home and lay all the beads out on the cat on the bed or the couch and try to piece them together and send them back nice and you know we tried that both of us so you know we're like oh my god we'll never make money you know we can't even get one earring together and then you know late night we saw carlton sheets ad on his infomercial on tv had no idea real estate you know was even a possibility to do i mean you know never even thought about it we were 24 25 years old at the time. So, you know, at that age, 
now it's different because you know that age group has the internet and can you know discover these awesome ways to make money uh but we didn't even have 199 dollars to buy his no money down course so we asked um dan dan's my husband we asked his mom to buy us the course for christmas and mm -hmm. she did and so we got that uh it was vhs uh, tapes and you know cassette tapes to listen to and a big printout and we took Carlton Sheets course could not understand a single word of it it was just it's his is owner financing so it's a little more advanced than something you know more simple as wholesaling I remember being in the driveway with him and we were discussing you know the training we would have listened to and just couldn't put together all of this information like how do people get paid on a second mortgage? And just the terminology was very advanced for us being brand new to real estate. So, but we got an inclination that, you know, real estate could be a legitimate way to make money. Like this seems like something that we should look into more. And so we found a course from Kevin Myers, which hmm. was about wholesaling. And we had never heard about wholesaling before at, at all. Uh, and it was $69. So again, we had his mom buy it for us. We were broke, like flat, flat broke, no money. I mean, we had jobs, but you know, paycheck to paycheck, trying to, you know, pay our bills and make ends meet. Um, so she bought us the course. It was in a three ring binder, nothing fancy. And it was written in super simple terms, you know, that we could understand. And it had an action plan, like, you know, step number one, you're going to do this and then you're going to do this. And, you know, we read the book a couple times and then just took action and started doing it just blind faith, you know, thinking, all right, well, let's try it and, and see if it works. Well, it did work. Um, I mean, we didn't even pay for postcards. We had to go to Office Depot and get index cards and print them on the printer at our house on like four by six index cards and buy postcard stamps, which I think were like 19 cent back then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when the phone started ringing, we were breaking our necks trying to get to the phone. I'm like, Oh my God, somebody's calling. This is awesome. Um, well about 90 days later, that's about how long it took for us to close our first deal. We made $1,200 on a wholesale deal. Awesome. And that, that was validation for us. Like, yeah. Holy crap, this works. You know, we can just keep doing this over and over. And we, we made a decision <laughs> at that time. We both quit our jobs mm. with a $1,200 inspiration check. And we say now it was so stupid for us to do that back then, <laughs> but we're glad we did. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had to make it work now. I mean, there was no other option. We both said, we're not going back to work. We're going to make this work because we've already seen it work once. So there's no reason why we can't make it work over and over again. And, you know, man, the first three years were struggle bus. We were on the struggle bus because the biggest problem, I think, was money management. You know, we were making money, but we weren't managing it. Right. Mm. And we weren't running this like a business. So we would, you know, get paid, you know, and our checks were getting better. We'd get up to 3000, 4000. We'd just spend it all. We'd, you know, go on a shopping spree, spend all of our money, pay our bills, 
we'd be behind on bills and we'd catch them up and then spend money. So, you know, it was chaotic for, for several years until I guess we had to mature number one and realize that we can't live like this. You know, this is crazy. The business is good, but our management skills were terrible. Okay. We, just, we were always in chaos mode, you know, not knowing how to, to manage what we were doing. So, you know, fast forward to 20 years later, um, I mean, I guess after about five years, we started getting, you know, smoothing things out and, and finding our balance and a way to run our business. Uh, but it really took, you know, a long time to, for it to click in our heads, how to manage the money, how to manage the business, how to treat it like a business. Like this is a bona fide business that we're running here. It's just me and you. It's all we have, you know, to get, make this thing work. And, you know, we'd started developing a system for the way we're going to run it and how we're going to manage our money to, to make sure that, cause we don't close deals every month in real estate. You know, there's months yep. where, where you make nothing. Yep. And if it's, you know, that comes up and you're not prepared for that, then you're in chaos mode. It's like, I'm going to have to get a job. Oh my God, this is crazy. So, you know, we never did go back to work, but um, we did learn a lot of uh, lessons about money management and struggling and, and organization. And, you know, and we do not have that problem. I mean, we have solved that problem entirely. I mean, our business runs, we have a team now that, you know, runs our business and we have money management down to a science. And so, you know, it's definitely taken some yeah. time. And so that's when I got inspired to start helping other people get into it initially to make the money and you do make money, but then you realize that this is just another job. Yeah. This is, another, this is just another job that you have to, you know, mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to work at. Yeah. Tracy, there's so many, so many pieces there, you know, that you mentioned. Um, so did you, did you pay back your mother-in-law? Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't oh my gosh. Oh my God. I'm going to have to do that. Oh, oh I'm just totally here. joking. I, that's no, funny. But, <laughs> no. I, wait, it was a Christmas gift. Oh, there you go. Oh, so you don't have to pay back. Uh, there you go. Um, there you go. Yeah, you got I forgot that detail. Oh Thank God. you. <laughs> no, it was, it was, uh, oh my God. Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, let's count the interest since 1999. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Well, yeah, I well, think no, it was a know, gift. So, okay. That's right. That's Probably right. Best gift ever. Um, what you're saying, though, with regards to like money management, business management, I think is so, so critical and it's so overlooked because you're right. You know, you can buy the property, you can do the wholesale deal, you can flip the house. And if you start really getting into it, you will make money. There's no question. And, you know, yeah. but then managing it, that is the much harder part of it. Yeah. So, you know, for you, when you guys were making that transition to, like you were saying, you were on the struggle bus, you know, yeah. I like that because it kind of has a fun theme to it, but it's really not fun probably that you were struggling, but it's almost like this is temporary, you know, and I think that's a great way to think of it is that it is temporary if you make changes. So you guys did make changes in those first years. What were some key things that you did to go from struggling to really beginning to manage that money um, more effectively? Well, the biggest change for us was deciding to take marketing money right off the top. 
Okay. That was, we weren't, we weren't doing that. And, you know, step number one in any successful business is locating prospects. And without money, you cannot do that. I mean, there is are ways to generate leads for free. And I tell people this all the time, but it's not sustainable for a long time. You're going to get so burned out on that. And, you know, doing the, it's, it, you either need time or money. And if you don't have money, then you spend your time door knocking or cold calling or whatever. And that, man, that'll wear you down fast. So, you know, just trying to come up with marketing dollars when we were at the bottom of the escalator, trying to, you know, get to the top again was where we said, that's the first thing we need to do is every time we close a deal, we're going to take 20% off the top of this, no matter what, even if, even if we have no fun money or spending money, we have to take money off the top of this check every single time and put it in a different account. And that is dedicated to marketing, no matter what, no matter what account is zero or, you know, even if we're on the struggle bus, we don't touch our marketing money because mm. that's the only way we're ever going to get to another check again is to have money to generate leads. So that was the first big change we ever made was, you know, opening another account for our business, segmenting it to marketing and then being disciplined about putting the money in there and leaving it there and, and creating a budget every month and using only the money out of the marketing account. So I see a lot of people, they'll spend whatever they have. You know, they say, mm -hmm. well, I've got $3,000 to spend on marketing. Um, you know, I'm like, well, that's only going to last you a little while. You know, you're going to have to come up with money after that's gone. And maybe that $3,000 isn't going to work and maybe you're not going to get a deal out of that. So, you know, just creating a budget that is sustainable forever it has to be sustainable forever. Um, it's really the biggest, that's what changed our business probably forever. It's just mm. a budget and being disciplined. And, um, and, you know, the second thing is taking money off the top, pay the IRS. Mm -hmm. because, oh my God. Mm -hmm. In 2005 was our best year ever up, up to that point. So from 98 to 2005, you know, 2005 was the, uh, the last real big real estate bubble. And we made, you know, almost $400,000. Well, the year went by really fast and we didn't ever pay any taxes. Mm -hmm. So by the time we filed our taxes, we didn't have a $48,000 to send the IRS because we weren't taking money off the top to pay our taxes. We were just taking money off the top to generate leads and make more money. So we got into debt with the IRS in 2005 uh, with a very big tax bill. And so that was our second big lesson is not only do we need marketing, we also have to pay our taxes yeah. and throughout the year. And we had never paid ourselves like an employee, like we're sub escort and the IRS says you're supposed to pay people like an employee of the shareholders get salaries and we weren't doing that. So we started, you know, we set it up and started managing it like a real business, paying ourselves a salary and paying in 941 taxes. You know, people don't, people don't do this and it's, it just makes me settled at night when I know I don't owe the IRS money <laughs> because they will come and get you. They will come and take your, you know, they levied our accounts and, uh, you know, threaten you and put liens on. It's just, it's terrible. 
So, you know, we paid them off and I've never owed them a single dime. We make, make quarterly tax payments and, you know, nobody likes the subject of taxes, but I always tell people about it because it's not fun. And, yeah. you know, I try to warn um, investors, you know, if you plan on making six figures, what you should, you need to be prepared to pay in some taxes. You're going to have taxes to pay and never complain about paying taxes. That means you're making money. Exactly. Right. It's a different yeah. perspective. <laughs> yeah. You know, be happy that you have to send in a quarterly tax payment to the IRS. So, right. Uh, I want to pick back on what you're saying about the marketing. We hear mm -hmm. different strategies and I, I know that, you know, things change with time. So for you right now, 2019, what's working best for you? Is it direct mail? Is it Facebook cats or anything else that you are using right now that is generating most quality leads? That's such a good question. Um, I'm going to tell you the worst, first, the worst campaign I've ever ran in my life was Facebook ads. And I have, you know, I'm an analytics junkie, so I keep track of every single dollar I spend. And we've tried every method on Facebook to get seller leads, everything you can think of video ads, lead ads, retargeting, messenger ads, chatbots, mm. um, anything to it. We've spent almost $8,000, which I know is not an astronomical amount to spend, but for us, when we can spend the same amount on direct mail and get better results, we just have to say Facebook doesn't work. Not in our market. Mm -hmm. Now we, we, I can show you, 200 people that have responded to the ad but they're all junk leads they're all like yeah. terrible neighborhoods and they're not motivated and it's just facebook ads is a terrible marketing um channel for us i'll never spend another dollar on well i can't say never that's a strong word but <laughs> for now facebook ads are absolute no we've tried them for three years you know off and on tried different stuff um so direct mail for me for 20 years consistently has always been the best lead generation um technique uh you know that's just dollar for dollar the the easiest thing to outsource to somebody else so that i don't have to do it and i can hit the most amount of people for the least amount of money and you know it's very consistent it's predictable it's i can tell when something's going wrong very easily um you know the downfall to direct mail is competition you know we got a lot of competition with direct mail but as long as you have a strong follow-up game and, you know, handle them timely when they come in, then, you know, you should be okay with direct mail. And I want to, I want to follow up on what you're saying right now, because a lot of people that are starting real estate that they don't have the funds to maybe start rehab or regardless of the situation, um, they always get the recommendation that wholesaling is the path for them to go because it's quote unquote easy to me, <laughs> right? To me, that's like misleading because it takes a lot of work to make something, you know, you find a, a great lead, you follow up. How many times do you follow up with, with your prospects, for example? I follow up once they call in and they're in my system. I follow up with them until they sell the house or die. <laughs> there we go. 
right? And it, it, it's just just this <laughs> misconception that wholesaling is a, I, you know, Facebook groups and other uh, groups, you see the checks being posted as if they started yesterday, they closed on the deal today, and they're spending that money through the next Yeah, they're week. going to buy their Lamborghini. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. right? And it's, or they're driving in their Lamborghini with their check, usually. <laughs> right, right. With the, got the check by the steering wheel? Yep. Right. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So unrealistic. So, so for you, what's the biggest or one of the biggest mistakes you've seen the new, new people coming in um, and, and trying to do this, this, this wholesaling uh, work? What, what have you seen is the most biggest misconception? Well, misconception or mistake? Which um, let's go in both directions because okay. I see what you're saying. Like, one is misconception about their, their perspective, right? And yeah. other, the mistake. So let's start with the misconception and then we go to the mistake. Okay, the biggest misconception is that it's easy. That's the biggest misconception. You're right. People do. And, and I mean, I've even said it. It's the easiest way to make money, but... It's not, it's just a different way to make money. I will say that once you get, you know, there's two halves to the business. There's lead generation with sellers, and then there's selling that property to a buyer. The first half is really hard. The second half's really easy. So once you get that property under contract and you've paid a good price and you haven't overpaid like 90% of these new people are doing, then it's easy from there. You do sell it really quick. You can make a lot of money. It's super easy to get to the closing table. It's just the first half that's, that's the hard part. So the misconception that it's easy, mm, it's not easy. It's, it takes work. It take, you got to know what you're doing. You need money. You need to training. You know, it's, it's, it is easy once you learn it, you know. But even for me, 20 years later, you know, I get frustrated with it still and not that it's not easy it's just doesn't always doesn't always do what you want it to do right you know and you know we had in the, the fourth quarter of 2018 we had three or four deals that all had title problems so you know that you don't expect that anyway that's kind of getting off off track but misconception that it's easy biggest mistake would be people they get real excited at first and they're all gung-ho to do this, and they start a marketing campaign to generate leads, and then it doesn't work like they want it to, and they fizzle out real fast, and they run out of money, or they're not willing to continue on with this plan because it didn't work as fast as they wanted it to. So, you know, that's the biggest mistake is people just quit too soon. You yeah. know, they just give up because, or they say, yeah, I spent... I marketed to, you know, so-and-so and it didn't work. Well, how many people did you mail to? 500. That's not, that's not enough. Mail to 15,000 and then, you know, we'll talk again. But so that's the biggest mistake is just quitting too soon. Yeah. Do you think, Tracy, there are certain markets that, you know, really direct mail works better? I just want to circle back to direct mail because I, you know, you hear so many different schools of thought on that. And, um, you know, we we've been in the business for some time and we've actually never really done a ton of direct marketing. We've done, you know, we network with wholesalers 
and we kind of build those relationships and that's kind of how we've gotten leads. Well, you know, now we're in 2018, well, not 19. Um, it's, you got to do a lot of different things to find properties. It's not just one thing, right? You can't just do one thing. No one's doing just one thing. So, you know, we have tried, um, you know, partnering with wholesalers. Well, they'll, we'll pay for the marketing. They do the direct mail. And then we, you know, we kind of figured that out, you know, and that that's, you know, had some results, didn't have amazing results. I'm curious, I guess my, my question is for you, have you seen direct mail work better in certain markets than others? And, and if so, what is the profile of that market? And, and how does someone who's an existing investor assess, will direct mail work in this area? And, and if so, you know, how do I make it different or how do I team up with someone? Because I'm not going to be someone who's going to be an expert in direct mail. I don't want to be. I have no desire to be. But I, I, you know, I am like we're circling back on, okay, do we, you know, do we partner up with someone, you know, do the same thing again where, you know, we, we pay for the marketing, they have the expertise in direct mail and we go from there. So I'm just curious to get your insight into that about around direct mail exactly, around, you know, is it effective in certain markets more than others? And if not, or if so, how do you figure that out? Or how do you determine that? Well, direct mail is effective in every market okay. because people are the same across this whole country. So to think that people somehow are different if they live in Arizona than they are if they live in North Carolina is just crazy. They're the okay. same. People respond the same to a direct mail. They react the same to direct mail you know, motivation doesn't discriminate no matter where you live. So if you're hitting the right people at the right time, then you're going to get the right response. Mm -hmm. So I don't think any market, um, it works better than others. That's kind of absurd to even think that, but I will say that it may cost you more in marketing dollars in some areas than it does in others, because Sand states, for example, it's expensive. I'm in a sand state, Florida, uh, California, Arizona, you know, Nevada. These, their states cost a lot of money to, uh, to get to a closing. It's, it's right. getting more. I have uh, on my website, I, every year I post how much, you know, all my analytics, how much deals are costing, how many leads I need to talk to, all that. Um, and three years ago, three, just three years ago, no, I'm in 2019 now, four years ago, it cost $1,300 for me to close a deal in my city, Jacksonville, Florida, $1,300. Mm. That's, I would, I would die for that right now. Now, and at the end of 2018, which I just finished up my analytics, it's nearly $4,000 for me wow. to close wow. a deal. I haven't changed you know, if anything, I've improved over the last four years because I'm always, that's my goal is always to get better, is to do less and make more and, you know, fine tune because the business mm-hmm. runs like I want it to. Now I just fine tune little details. And so I have seen the cost of my cost to close a transaction has gone up considerably, you know, three times and over the last three years, four years. Mm-hmm. And that is plays the same for like people in, cause I have the membership of property mob. So it's affecting them too. The cost to close a transaction if they're doing direct mail has gone up. That just indicates number one, it's a hot market and now the competition is greater. So when the real estate buzz about, you know, the market conditions are great. People start getting into the business. People want to mm-hmm. get in and make yeah. money. Well, yep. that, that triggers more marketing on the streets and everywhere you go. 
So yeah. that just means the cost is going to be more for me to close a deal than it was four years ago, whenever it was $1,300. So yeah. I'll definitely see it change again and, you know, get back down to the $1,300, $1,500 range. As long as you know that, as long as you are aware of, you know, what the conditions are in the market, then you should be okay with that and know, okay, well, I can't spend $1,300 and expect to close a deal. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. have to spend at least $4,000 before I can get, you know, expect anything to happen. So um, that's the difference in, in markets. I have one of my members who's in Wisconsin. He doesn't have to spend that much. You know, he's in a different market. Sure. He's not in the highly desirable, sunny state of Florida. You know, he's not in, because we have a lot of virtual investors that will do deals in Florida because yep. Florida's hot. You know, it sells mm -hmm. quick. It's affordable. It's, the taxes are low. It's just a good state to be involved in when it comes to wholesaling. But right now it's going to cost you some thousands to get a deal. It's good insight. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned that your business right now, it's about 95% automated. Yep. Uh, when it's a good time for somebody that is running the real, their real estate business, when it's a good time for them to hire a VA, a virtual assistant? I tell them because I sell VAs, um, we train them and sell them to investors. I tell them they need to have at least five closed transactions. I mean, that's like bare minimum. Uh, you know, a lot of people want to hire a VA and think the VA can just start running their business for them. No, that's not what a VA does. A VA is just your support and does the administrative tasks that you don't need to be doing as an investor. So before you can hire somebody and expect them to, know what to do you need to know what to do first so you know i won't even talk to anybody unless they've got at least five deals under their belt and that's not a lot but it's enough to say okay i'm going to hire somebody to do my marketing for me you know i'm gonna you know that's what i suggest people hire a va first is direct mail you know just to keep your marketing your social media and your direct mail um consistent at least have five deals under your belt before you think about outsourcing how do you assess too when it comes to like, you know, VAs, you know, we're, we're in the, we're in the throes of growing our team. And, you know, I, I've gone back and forth, right. To, do we, you know, do we want to hire someone that is more of like a physical, like to come into our office or do we just, you know, virtual is fine. And, and we're just, you know, do they need to be in the U S they not need to be U S there's a lot of questions, right. There's a lot of questions around support. So if somebody's embarking on that, right, they, they, they have some experience or, you know, they've been in this business, they're growing their team, they want to grow their team. You know, what are some of those first steps? You know, because I think that's like when you said early on, when you first started, it's, it's the first few things that are always the hardest, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, any, if anything, right? I mean, I can think about when I wanted to run a marathon, it was the first few times I went out to run and I hit 10 miles and then it got easier. You know, I mean, it wasn't like easy, like I'm running 18 miles. I'm not tired. Right. I'm not saying right. that, yeah. but it was, it got easier in some way. And as funny as that is, the more you ran, the more easy it got in, in your sight, in your mind. So what would you say? I mean, for, you know, the, the women listening, you know, they've, they, they've done deals They're you know, they're invest, they're current investors, they're growing their team. It's a big, maybe it's just something that this hot for me because it's on my mind and it's something I'm in the throes of, but for you, how did you begin to document or, you know, train someone? How did you go through that process? What did you do first, second, third? 
The first thing I did was hire a virtual assistant through Upwork. Okay. And I did hire somebody in the Philippines um, with the understanding that they would not get on the telephone. Got it. Because they do have a very thick accent. And I did, I have tried, I still have the same VA that I hired, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> she, awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. I mean, uh, I went through a couple before I, you know, found her that just never showed up or whatever. But, um, so I've had Ezra for several years. But if you don't want them on the phone, then a Philip, you know, someone in the Philippines is fine. They have, there's pros and cons, of course, to, to both having someone physical and in your mm -hmm. office or, you know, locally yep. and then having somebody overseas. There's pros and cons to everything, not just a VA. Everything yeah. has its ups and downs, but they're very loyal. They're very detail oriented. I mean, you can find some really good people to work for way less than you can for American dollars. Yeah. And there's this controversial for some people, you know, you can't believe you're not hiring an American. Well, Americans don't want to work. They just, <laughs> they're, they just don't. I've, you know, I've been through so many Americans and I just want to, I want to scream when I think about yeah. it. They don't want to work. They're lazy and they call in and they have excuses and they, you know, burn your clock up and it's just sad. Mm -hmm. So, um, but when I hired her, all I wanted her to do was just show up. That was my first requirement. Uh, Ezra, all I want you to do is report to me at this time. And I just want you to sit online on Skype. Uh, we're not even going to work for the first week. I just want to make sure you're there and available because I can't see her. And I want to make sure that she's just going to sit there all day ready for me to give her something to do. Mm. Not, not like, because all I talked to her through is Skype. You know, it's all Skype. 100% still to this day. We just talk through Skype. Sometimes we talk on the phone or, or Skype video, but I'd rather type because I can't understand her that well. Oh, you know? okay. She's excellent, but she's hard to understand. So I'd rather her just type. She types fine. I can understand everything. So um, for the first week, I said, just show up. You know, it's all about showing up most of the time, just being present. So, you know, the first week she's, after it was over, she's like, I feel so bad. I don't even want to charge you. I'm like, no, it's all by design. I just wanted to make sure. Even if I wanted to tell you a joke, you know, if I pop in at <laughs> some weird time at 1.30, I want you to instantly respond to me because I know you're there. And sure. if I have something urgent that comes up, I want you to be there and take care of it for me. And I don't want to have to wonder, oh my God, where's she at? You know, I need her right now. She's right there. So, um, she was great the first week. And then I, I added one thing to her task list every week until eventually, you know, her calendar is completely full right now. She has no free time, but so just one thing, you know, this week, all I want you to do, and I would write down the instructions. Um, I started getting the mindset, like, I'm going to do this the last time. This is the last time I'm ever going to do it. And when I do it, I'm going to write the instructions down. I'm going to do the video instructions and I'm going to give it to her to do. And if she can't understand the instructions, then it's my fault. I didn't put them, I didn't make them clear enough. I'll redo them and add, you know, something that she needs. So uh, we did that for, it probably took a year for me to give everything to her that I wanted her to do administrative wise. And, you know, now she just runs the whole show, but except telephone calls, you know, yep. and I've had her calling sellers and that hang up on her. 
They don't want to hear sure. that. It's yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I would even say I have a um, an assistant that's in the Philippines, and you know she has an accent. Don't hang up on her. She works from. They'd still. I don't. I can't understand you. They'd hang. Yeah, up. sure. So you know, um, she just doesn't get on the phone. Now you know, since then she actually now trains all of the VAs that we offer to investors. She's the trainer. She heads up the whole VA program. Oh, and I see. We have some that speak four or five star English that will do cold calling and things like that, that, you know, have a better accent, but just for her, she just, you know, she's hard to understand. So, you know, if you're going to hire a VA, you have to really think, what do I want them to be doing? Do I want them on the phone? If so, then make sure that, you know, you listen to their English skills and that you can completely understand them because Americans are discriminatory and they will hang up on them if they hear any kind of accent. And I also would add too, Trace, that's great, great insight. And I would also add, because you just mentioned about the typing, based on your own personality, you have to assess what you need. Because, you know, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, you know, because of course, you know, you go back to, you know, your own self, not just all the amazing ladies listening to this, but of course, like, you know, just thinking about your advice. I'm like, I really, I would really appreciate being able to see someone and talk to them. You know, the typing, not that I can't type or I can't communicate effectively that way. It's not my preferred communication style. So, so, so the ladies listening to this, as you grow your team, not just what do your, what do your customers need, right? Your, your, your sellers or whatever you're, you're trying, whoever your customers are for us, um, you know, as we hire people, you know, who are investors or are potential investors, that would be a client of ours, so to speak. So the, the other key is what do you need as the leader? You know, you know, what, what are your preferences? Because it all starts with you, right? It all starts with us. And you know, there's a perfect person out there or a perfect recommendation, but that's another good something to be mindful of, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. Would I need that? Or would I, you know, really good, um, good insights. So I just want to mention that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because some people, you know, just don't want to type, can't type, you know, and, and mm-hmm. especially not to discriminate against the guys, but they don't always like typing and, you know, talking on sitting on Skype or type, you know, so they prefer to get on, it doesn't have to be video, but mm-hmm. you know, they want to be able to, to talk yep. and relay information uh, verbally. And so, you know, they do have to pre-screen them a little better and make sure that, um, that they're able to understand their assistant. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I think it's so important what you're saying, because sometimes we talk about a uh, virtual assistant as a person that can do everything. Mm-hmm. And that there's no such thing as you're saying. No, but, no. <laughs> <laughs> but one one thing that you were mentioning is that you put your step by step, and you also do a video showing everything. Mm-hmm. So in terms of systems, I really love like systems and things that help me to get out of my own seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what systems are you using right now? What apps or softwares that are you using right now? That facilitates your job so you can delegate to other people? Um, I use a CRM, which I have my own. I've actually customized it over the years and it's specific to wholesalers. I mean, that's our whole system is really dependent on it. It's, it's called Godfather CRM. And it's <laughs> just, the name. it's, um, it, it just, it automates the entire business and by tasks, you know, keeping people on track, giving them due dates, knowing what they need to do in what order, 
in a timeline and I can tell that there, so I can micromanage, you know, from, from my side without having to ask them, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? You know, I've, I've trained them so hard to make notes, you know, make notes, complete your task, make sure everything's in here so that I can just make sure people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, we've just created workflows to, and automation to run exactly how our business runs. And all of the training is also inside the CRM. So it has a document section. So if somebody, for some reason, some new person comes in, then we have our training manuals already inside the CRM mm -hmm. and we can go in there and update them as well. Cause you know, websites change and things are always changing and software. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we do have to update it quite frequently. And you know, I, my, now the VA's update it. If they see, you know, something that's changed, I'll say, well, change it, you know, make the updates of how, how it is now. So that our training. What do you do for the videos though? What software do you use for? Um, I use ScreenFlow. I use um, okay. an Apple computer. So I have ScreenFlow. Um, if it's just a short, you know, five minutes or less, I use Jing. That's for mm -hmm. um, Macs. Um, I'm not sure what, I haven't used a Windows machine in so long, but I think that's like ScreenOmatic or, you know, there's a lot of um, screen sharing. Sure. Uh, hell, even on an Apple now, you can use QuickTime for and do a movie recording and record your screen. So it's easy to do, you know, quick videos now. But Jing is awesome for five minutes or less. I think they have that for Windows, in fact. Jing, you're saying? G? Yes. J-I-N-G. Jing. Got it. Jing. I think I've heard that before, yeah? Yeah. So, Tracy, you've been in this business for 20 years. And yes. you really... You, you didn't start with anything handed to you. I mean, that's no. pretty clear. I mean, you really yeah. built your yes. business ground up to where you are today. I think that's a really remarkable story in a lot of different aspects. But if you're talking to the Tracy who bought the Carlton Sheets course, Tracy today, going back, sitting with the Tracy of, you know, 20 years ago, what would you say is the most important advice you'd give her be consistent be consistent create work your plan and plan your work be consistent uh shiny object syndrome gets people in trouble mm -hmm. and i've gotten that a few times you know throughout 20 years several times i'm sure quit <laughs> quit getting shiny object syndrome 10 years ago i'm like no it takes focus you know as soon as i hear about something new even if it's a new marketing technique and with technology the way it is of course there's always new technology coming out and i'm inclined to try it but then i have to think oh wait a minute that's shiny object syndrome am i going to get off track and like lose track of what my my thing is direct mail i mean that works for me so if i get shiny object syndrome i'm going to lose focus on my marketing plan and i'm going to start spending money on something that might not work and that's just shiny object syndrome I mean, I think I would just say, create a plan and work the plan and stay consistent and it'll work. Things will work out. Everything works. That's what I know about this business. Everything works. Yep. You have to find what works for you and stick with that and don't get sidetracked. I mean, getting side, you know, I've, I've gotten veered off on lease options and veered off on, rental properties and and subject to's and i've done a little bit of all that but every time i get pulled in a different direction i lose focus on where for me 
is the easiest to make money now. And th mm -hmm. that's not a misconception for me. You know, it's just like, I can do it with my eyes closed. I'm going to do it while I'm sleeping. It's, it's very systematic now. And why would I change that now? You know, mm -hmm. I, and I've got, you know, time freed up because my business is automated. So, you know, I've started other stuff. You know, I've got other businesses that other ideas that come up that now I can have time to focus on instead of getting sidetracked in real estate. I just stay focused on what I know makes the most money for me, probably because it's what I like to do the best. I don't like rehabbing. That drives me nuts. I don't like, I have zero patience, zero. <laughs> oh, so landlording and rehabbing. Those things aren't for me. I don't like like long-term commitment in, <laughs> in real estate. Like I don't want to, I don't want to see that house for 90 days. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to deal with a conventional buyer for 30 days or 45 days. And yeah, I don't want a landlord house for 12 months or 24 months. Oh my God. The thought of it just, so wholesaling is what works for me. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's great advice. Yeah. <laughs> that's excellent advice. Cause it's, you know, you hear so much about the shiny object syndrome around. Cause I, you know, I can, I can totally relate to that. I'm sure. Andressa, you're more focused in a lot of ways. So I don't know if you can relate to that. As but well. I, I can, I, I, I can totally, because sometimes there are things that, you know, listen, I have meetings with Matt every day. So wow. he comes with, he comes to me with a couple, the, like five to captain. 10. Yeah. He's yes. Captain of the shiny object. Five to 10 ideas. And I was like, that's amazing. And I stopped there. <laughs> right, right, right. I was like, okay, but, let's go back to this. <laughs> no, but I, I, I appreciate them. You know, you don't know. Uh, yeah. you might, we might try it, a couple of things, and we say, hey, it worked, it didn't work, so let's go back to what we know and what we focus. And that's yeah. why we have our strategic meetings to just kind of like refocus and go yeah. back to that point. Yeah, I mean, Andres and I are, are, are you know, um, partners in a lot of different aspects, and we were meeting yesterday about talking about our focuses for the year and, you know, it's interesting because we both kind of connected with your, your, we would both want to do less of, you know, certain projects, but more of, you know, another type where we're getting more into new construction. And, um, you know, you start to really assess what works, what doesn't, it's not just about making money. It's not just about, you know, the aspects of, what you should be doing. I, so much of this right. business is listening to a podcast. I, mean, I love podcasts. Obviously we have one here in our podcast, but you know, you listen to so many different people and there's so many different paths in this business. You've got to assess the women listening to this, assess what works for you, you know, yes. really just for you and your yes. lifestyle and your goals, and then figure out your plan and then work it and work yep. it every day. Just what you said, Tracy was wonderful, wonderful advice. We cannot hear that enough because it's not sexy. It's not um, the new and the greatest. It is like core business advice that quite honestly, everyone successful in this business does. If yeah. you don't do it, you're not, you're not successful if you're not creating a plan and working the plan and making yeah. tweaks. You're just not yeah. successful. I give me yeah. someone successful and that they're doing that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, agree. I love but, that. Hey, I love that advice. It is sexy. It is. Yeah, it could be sexy. You're right. <laughs> sexy. You said it's not sexy. It That's true. Sexy. That's true. I mean, like the, uh, you know, like the new and the greatest getting distracted. Yeah, I know. I forgot. The houses that I'm going through are not. They yeah, that's what I meant. Very bad is like far away. 
Probably, but you know. But you're right. Working a plane can be sexy. You're right. You're right. I like that. I like that. Um, it's been so wonderful to connecting with you, Tracy. And I'm sure the ladies listening to this as well. Uh, where, uh, where can the ladies listening learn more about what you're up to? It sounds like you have some amazing resources uh, to offer. So where can they learn more about that? And also you mentioned a free gift when we connected earlier. So please mention that too. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, my website is propertymob.com and it's M O B. Some people think I'm saying property mom, like <laughs> O M. <laughs> no, it's M O B, which stands for makers of badass investors. Um, man, just tons and tons of, um, blog articles on there about awesome. exactly what we've talked about today. Um, and then since my focus is on direct mail and that's how I primarily um, stay consistent in the business. I have an awesome quick training video on the top three mailing list that every real estate investor should be mailing to. Um, and that to get that is propertymob.com and it's forward slash top dash three dash mailing dash lists. And that'll tell you, um, you know, the top three that work in my business um, consistently year over year and why I mail to them and kind of return on investment I get mailing to those people and then why you shouldn't mail to some of the bigger lists like absentee owners. Awesome. And all this information, ladies, you guys can see on our show notes. So don't need to rush to get a pen and pen, a pen and paper to write all of that down. It's going to be on our show notes with all the links that you need. Now awesome. we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. Are you ready, Tracy? I'm ready. All right. The first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Probably the four-hour work week. I know that's a real common book, but that's when I learned that you could even hire a virtual assistant to do work. So Tim Ferriss, I owe uh, uh, my gratitude to him for even introducing me to the thought of outsourcing. It really has changed my life and my business. It's an amazing book. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Um, probably time blocking. I mean, just um, without it, you don't know where you're going every day and, and being self-employed, you can be in a thousand different directions. So for me, I'm super structured and I like to know exactly what I should be doing. Uh, I just time block. Um, even if it means, you know, I time block the gym and I time block shows I want to watch. I time block when I'm going to go for a walk on the beach. I time block, you know, when I'm going to work on my website, I time block marketing, I, I time block everything. And it has really, um, you know, made a difference. I love that. The last question is which women famous or not has inspired you the most? I don't read a lot, but I listen to uh, books on audible. Yep. And Ivanka Trump, her latest book called Women Who Work. Mm, okay. Is awesome. I know it kind of goes back to the to the the book question, but she's very inspiring to me. I mean, I know she's <laughs> related to Donald Trump. I can't help that. That's not my problem. That's her problem. <laughs> her book is it's really awesome. I mean, she nice. just she just um says a lot of very powerful she doesn't talk about Donald Trump, so don't worry about that. If anybody's listening and hates the Trumper, it, she's a very powerful woman and very inspiring and very strong and, you know, parenting-wise and, and work-wise. And, you know, I've listened to Women Who Work, her book, 
uh, at least three times on Audible, and mm. I plan on listening to it again. It's very good. Nice. Put mm-hmm. on my list. Yeah, that's a great definitely. She's awesome. Great, Tracy. Thank you so much. Really, uh, this has been a pleasure. Uh, you got so many great, so much great insight, and and having somebody who's in the business for this long is is always a, is always just you know, thought provoking, right? And, and what, what worked, what can work and what continues to work. So thank you for being on our show. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thanks. See you guys. See ya. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.